0: This episode of this podcast is making me thirsty is brought to you by the Policeman's Benevolent Association Orchestra. Welcome to this podcast is making me thirsty. The number one destination for Seinfeld fans. This episode 101. Today's guest is a veteran film television and voice actor. He played. Jackie Childs in four Seinfeld episodes. Philip Morris. Thank you for listening. If you dig it, please pass it on. Follow us on Twitter at This Thirsty, Instagram at This Thirsty. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Rate and review us on iTunes. Email us at this podcast is making me thirsty at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Enjoy episode 101. This podcast is making me thirsty. Phil Morris.
1: Welcome to this podcast is making me thirsty, the number one destination for Seinfeld fans. This episode 101. Today's guest is a veteran film, television, and voice actor. You know him from Merrow's Place, the PJs, Smallville, Doom Patrol, and of course, he played Kramer's lawyer, Jackie Childs, in several Seinfeld episodes, including "The Caddy," "The Maestro," and the finale. Please welcome Phil Morris. Phil, thanks for joining. It is my honor. I
2: love talking Seinfeld.
3: <laughs> uh, well said. It wouldn't be a Seinfeld podcast without talking to the one and only Jackie Childs. So, oh brother, so, thanks. So, so, Phil, take us back. I mean, man, you were you were acting since you were pretty much in diapers. So <laughs> let's let's fast forward a little bit to to 1995, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the maestro was the first episode you appeared in. Tell us a little bit about the audition process. Like, did, did your agent tell you about this. Tell us a little bit how the role came about. Yeah,
2: uh, well, uh, specifically the role of Jackie Childs was in a breakdown, and they wanted an actor who could approximate Johnny Cochran. I mean, it was literally in the breakdown. <clears throat> and Johnny Cochran was a very famous Los Angeles-based lawyer at the time. He moved to New York. He, he represented Michael Jackson, O.J. At the time, the O.J. trial was was running hot and heavy uh, all over the place. So it was really smart of the Seinfeld people to come up with a, an approximation of that, of that character. And so that's how uh, Jackie came to be. I was on their radar prior though. Um, I had actually booked an episode of a show where um, they were dependent upon the New York City election and either Mayor Dinkins was gonna win or Giuliani yeah. was gonna win. And right. I was gonna play the press secretary of Dinkins and they had another actor playing the press secretary of Giuliani. And so Larry directed me in this scene that never made it because Dinkins didn't win, right. Giuliani won. So I did this whole thing with Larry in front of a camera. So he and I knew each other from that. So when I came into audition, I mean, and there were people like Michael Dorn who played Worf on Star Trek, mm. uh, Ted Lange who played um, Isaac on The Love Boat, he auditioned for it. Um, Michael Boatman, who was in um, um, the show with Michael B. Fox about the D.C. politics. That guy was in Spin City. So there was no guarantee I had this role. I mean, I had to audition for this character. I said like three words. And the casting director goes, okay, yeah, let's go. So we went over to Jerry's office across the way and it was hot. It was like 100 degrees in uh, the valley and we were all wearing black suits. I mean, we looked like the Motown Mafia walking over to... Uh, Jerry's office and Jerry's brand new Porsche was parked right in front of a fire hydrant. And um, <laughs> we walked up, we walked up and um, they called my name. I went in and I did like two lines and Jerry went, hold on. I was like, hold on. He's like, yeah. He went over to the thermostat, turned the air conditioning up. He goes, man, you're so funny. You're making me sweat. So, <laughs> so keep going. I was like, all right. So I kept going and I got in my car. It was a Saturday. Remember? I got my car and like twenty minutes later they called me and said I had a job. Incredible. That's how it was.
1: It was great. <clears throat> and that was written, your first episode was written by Larry David. So um, you know, I guess so you already knew it was kind of based on on Cochrane. Um, but the the Maestro didn't uh sort of I mean the the um caddy your second episode really you know obviously stacy was a parody of of the oj trial with the bra not fitting and everything like that but the maestro you know it 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 was obvious there was a cochran connection but it wasn't as blatant as as the second episode which i found interesting but um you know the 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 larry david written episode of the maestro so he already had you in the in the non-fat yogurt but what can you tell us about working that first that first kind of scenes Uh, you know, on set with with Michael Richards and kind of, who was kind of leading you there? Was it Larry David? Was it more Andy Ackerman? You know, what was was that sort of like?
2: Well, you know, the character I brought in was certainly was not Johnny Cochran. He was an amalgam of a lot of people that I knew, my father Mm -hmm. being one of them, a bunch of street corner preachers, hustlers, pimps, you know what I mean? (laughs) Jackie was was, uh, about about it, you know what I mean? So I wanted to give him more, if it was possible, color than even Johnny Cochran. And so that's what I was working on. And remember you do a show in five days, so you have five days to figure all this out. So we, we did the table read, which is great. And then we go to rehearsal. Andy Ackerman was the director. Jerry was just sitting off. Uh, he wasn't obviously directing. He wasn't even in the scene. And I'm doing my thing and he goes, hold up. Are you, what are you doing? Are you, what are you doing? I was like, well, you know, I got five days, man. I want to try different stuff and see if I can zero it in. Ah, nope, 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 nope. I want you to do exactly what you did in my office. I want you to hone this character to, to the place that you were in my office. Can you do that? I was like, can I go home now? Cause I do that in my sleep, man. Yeah, I can do that. So um, he goes, just, that's what I want. I just want what you did in my office. That's what I want. I was like, right on, let's do that. So um, from then on, I mean, I was kind of Teflon. They didn't really tell me anything. Um, I had worked with Michael Richards before on a show called Marblehead Manor. Um, so I knew Michael very well. We had worked real hard in the trenches on another sitcom together. So I knew he was a comic genius, you know, a bit of a, bit of a um, well, loose cannon, um, completely outside the box. And so, but I wasn't intimidated by him because I'd worked with him for so long, you know, and I wasn't honestly, wasn't that I wasn't a fan of Seinfeld, it's just that it wasn't a show that I watched. So it didn't matter to me that they were on Rolling Stone, it didn't matter to me that they were in Time Magazine, I was another actor going to work, and I really thought that was good, because if you go to a show that you're a fan of, it can tend to come out in your performance, you know what I'm saying? Like you're acquiescing to them, you're you're um, allowing them to kind of carry the day uh, because they're the stars of this incredibly unique and 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 popular show. Jackie don't care about that. <laughs> Jackie what? don't care about. He is man. Jackie shows up. He's a star anywhere he goes.
3: Well, that that just shows you're a pro's Pro. I mean, we've talked to a lot of guests from you know. People that have tried out or, you know, auditioned in season one or two versus seven and eight like you. Mm-hmm. And again, seven and eight, they have an the orientation factor because, you know, 30 million people are watching every every week, et cetera. But, um, but back to you, yeah, the chemistry between you and Michael, I, I can't get the scene out of my head when you two walk in that door yeah. together and you bump each other and yeah, it's yeah, just... Yeah, it's. Yeah. So you want to well, know the story about, about that? Is that want yeah. to story about the bump? Because there's a story yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah. 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 So we've done.
2: Okay, now remember, we do a whole week rehearsal, whole week, everything going clockwork, bop, 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 bop. No improv. We didn't improvise, not one line, not one. All scripted, all week, Da da da. Take night, oh, take day. Larry goes, give him a mustache and glasses. I hadn't had a mustache and glasses the whole week. Oh, wow. The whole week. Hits with the mustache and glasses. Boom! We put it on. It's freaking magic. We do the scene. It kills right the audience. This is when the audience, was are still in the audience and you know, live audience, kills the first day, Kills. So we go back to set up. And Michael goes, "Hey Phil, Phil, wait. Let's let's get stuck in the door. Let's just let's just get stuck in the door." And I'm like, "Mike, that's so hack, bro. That's so hack, bro. That's so cheesy. What are we, billions? He goes, "I'm telling you, just do it. Just do it." He goes, what, "Are you gonna?" I said, "You're gonna tell him?" He goes, "No, no. We're just gonna do it. We're just gonna do it." So that's what you saw. You saw us get caught in the door and get spit out. And then you see the unique character reactions that each one of us had. And that's what Michael was going for. And that's why I say, this dude's a comic genius, man. He came up with subtle moments. Every entrance he had, he rehearsed every, ooh, ooh, ooh. every time he bumped into the door, that was a week of rehearsal. Right. That wasn't improv. That wasn't spontaneous, you know? So you know, this, this show is really special. And, and again, working with Michael before really helped us uh, work work on that show.
1: Uh, thank you for the mustache. We were going to ask you about the mustache,
2: if it was a <laughs> real mustache or a fake mustache. You're fake. trying to figure that out. Fake. Archo perfect- says fake is funnier.
1: Right, well, it's perfect. <laughs> you know, the other thing that, that the character had was these, you know, the, the three words together all the time. It seemed to be sort of, every, you know, you, know diff- you had different writers for every episode you were on. Um, well, I guess Larry David wrote the finale and the maestro, but, um, you know, Kevin and Robin wrote the caddy and Steve Curran wrote the, uh, the abstinence. Um, but they, they seem to, they seem to like to put the three words together for you. Um, now you said there was not a lot of improv, so I'm guessing though all the times those three word phrases were always written as, as were, and yeah. you just kind of nailed them. They kind of just yeah. knew that this guy's going to say these words funny.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know when you when you embody a character like Jackie, you know, and you inhabit a character which is very not I don't want to say rare, but it is wonderful for an actor when that happens. The words I don't want to say that the words don't matter; they're inconsequential because Jackie's rhythm and his his patter is uniquely his own. So you could give him so many things that I would make into Jackie, you know. So to give me the three word, uh, whether they're rhyming or they were just standalone was just another great rhythm for a, a, a character like Jackie Childs. And uh, to much of their credit, they saw that. And um, when I, when I would nail it, or when I nailed it the first time in the coffee episode, then they just, you know, that's a great character hook for this guy. So, yeah. so we went with it.
3: So I do want to get back, back to Jackie, but is, you brought up when you were uh, Dinkins' uh, staff member, but and now that seems to be Larry liked you in that, and then Jerry kind of stepped in and, and kind of picked you for this. So it's just interesting that dynamic there. Mm. But um, I'm just curious: was it the same type of character? Or completely different.
2: Completely different. I mean, a much more pulled together, very um, erudite uh, press secretary. You know, which is what uh, the mayor of New York would would need. You know, um, not a fop, not a fool, not a clown at all. It was it was from what I remember, fairly straightforward. It wasn't comedic necessarily at all.
3: So, I and I've heard, you know, some of your training of doing Jackie Childs is you actually you used to bump into Johnny Cochran actually at a barbershop. Yeah, we
2: went to the same yeah. barbershop.
3: That's unbelievable. So you shed a little light on that. Like, did you get to know him or kind of just picked yeah. up on his mannerisms? Well, you know, I mean, I don't know if you guys went to barbershops with your dad
2: as a kid, but, you know, there's so many characters yeah. that are there. And Johnny was one of them, you know, Johnny Cochran was one of them. Willie Knowles, who was a great basketball player and legend was one of them. Uh, Belgian Baylor was one of them. I mean, there were a lot of illustrious uh, celebrities that would come into uh, Terrell's barbershop, which is the name of the barbershop. And uh, Johnny was a, a broke ass DA at the time. And, um, he was, we driving a black said, uh, yeah, what was he driving? A black Seville, Cadillac Seville. i would never forget it. And he would come in and pontificate on everything from the Oakland Raiders coming down to LA to Motown being the best ever, you know? I mean, so I was around this vibe, this a- atmosphere, my whole upbringing and he was just another member of the, the troop. And so when this came up, it's like, I had been doing unconscious study observation of this guy since I was a kid. So it wasn't that difficult. And then, you know, we were inundated with the oj trial that whole year right so every day I, I was getting a lesson on the johnny cochranisms
1: right so did you after the maestro um were you aware you were coming back for for the caddy in that season or is it just kind of like all right thanks guys and then they, they kind of called you out of the blue
2: yeah this is great i see ya. i mean i didn't know how, how could they use an attorney that often and i suppose that they figured out a way to get him in there because they they really did like him and you know, in the final episode, we were sitting at the, the defense table and, and uh, Jason was looking back at the, at the gallery. And every one of those people could have had their own show. You know, everybody in that gallery could have had their own show. Mm. And, and he says to Jerry, he goes, well, who do you think was our best, our best guest star? Who's our best guest star? And Jerry looks at me, he goes, that guy. And, and so J- Jason went, no, 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 no. Phil's been on a few episodes. I'm talking about, you know, who's been the best guest star we've had? He goes that guy <laughs> you know, um, talking about me and so you know it was wonderful to get that acknowledgement wonderful to have them honor me so much and bring me back so often when i didn't know how they could do it and then to put me in the put me in the last episode was just i mean that's respect man so
1: I mean, you were the star of the last episode, let's be honest. I mean, you pretty much ran ran the last episode. Pretty it, much, yeah. It, it, revolved, revolved around, you know, it revolved around you. I mean, that's uh, there's no other way around it. Well, we're fans of the last episode, too, the finale. I thought we just, you know, obviously rewatched it again before we talked to you. And it's just, it uh, it still holds up, I think. It's it's one of those, you know, you, you, get the, you get the great final line on Jerry, the real and the
2: spectacular. I mean, you can't beat that. No, it was good stuff. And I I know a lot of people had a lot of trouble with it. Very difficult to wrap up 10 years in one episode. I don't don't care if it's two hours or or what. So for me, it it hit all of the points. You know, these are reprehensible people and they they went to jail at the end of it. And, uh, you know, they got their just desserts and Jackie got the girl. So great.
3: Yeah. And I mean, Jackie was just such a great character and we kind of talked about each episode, the Maestro, the Caddy, Friars Club, Abstinence, and of course, Finale. What was your favorite? I mean, I was going through them. it was uh, each one, like you were excellent at all. I kind of, I kind of lean towards the caddy a little bit, but I, you know, the abstinence is pretty good with the, uh, you know, going against some t- the big tobacco firm. Tobacco that,
2: that might be my favorite, you know, might that one, that might be my favorite. I think Jackie was really funny and handsome. The I man's a goblin, you know, I mean, <laughs> it's it just, it's just great stuff that he, he came up with. And, and, you know, Jackie could never win. It wouldn't have been funny if he won. He always had to lose you know he needed to have that that lightning in a bottle client that is a Kramer right he can capture lightning in a bottle this is it man my score i can retire i can go to corfu um but no he can't win it's just not funny if he wins so maybe maybe the uh the absence possibly um um the maestro because it was my first go round you know it was right. the first time i did jackie
1: <clears throat> the um uh, what about that? oh so in um you know, the, the maestro and the caddy is season seven, um, and the, well, the fires club too, which you you know, at the end you had that, that, that that part. Um, but then season eight, the abstinence, um, you know, no Larry David there in the abstinence. Was there any difference for you on set? I know it sounds like you and Larry kind of had a connection, um, in, in your first couple of episodes, but was there anything that you could sense differently about your season eight appearance in the abstinence without, uh, LD there?
2: Not really. Um, I mean, by by that time, that was a well-oiled machine, you know, and they'd had such a great they have a great staff. I mean, again, each one of those writers could have run their own show. So they knew what they were doing. Um, they took their um, marching orders from Larry and Jerry, consummately well. So when Larry stepped out, everybody knew how to march. You know, everybody knew what to do. And uh, I didn't sense that there was any. Um, Sanguine on we we miss the cat and we're not really saying what we want to say because he's not here. I felt that they were just like boom, full speed ahead, you know, damn the torpedoes, let's rock this thing.
3: So you worked closely with Michael Richards, but you know the episodes you were in there were a ton of. You mentioned it before. Now you you turned back and there's a million great guest stars, but you know the Maestro, the Caddy, you know Brenda Strong, mm-hmm. uh, the Friars Hummer. Club. Schneider, you know, like some a great talent. Did you hang out kind of with all these other people during the uh, during the tapings? Like, Absolutely.
2: You- Absolutely, Armin Shimmerman. I love that cat. Yeah. We're, we're, we're the same voiceover agent, you know. I did a I did, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I did a Deep Space Nine with him actually, uh, where he and I fought each other. It's weird. I, I have so <laughs> many great, I don't know, it's weird. I was playing a Klingon and he's playing, he's playing Quark. And, uh, and then we're, we're battling. Yeah, it was awesome. And then I'm doing fucking Jackie Giles. You know, it's crazy. <laughs> but um, Armin's fantastic. Uh, I love Brenda Strong. She's just a beautiful, talented, ballsy woman. Um, dug her a lot. You know, Jason and I got along. Jason Alexander and I got along. I got along with everybody. Great. Uh, Jason is, at the time, he was studying um, uh, J, Jeet Kune Do, JKD. So he's a he was a martial artist a little bit. And so, so am I. And... Um, so he and I talked martial arts quite a bit, and people don't know that about him, but that's that's kind of part of his vibe. And, and uh, Larry and I got on great. Jerry and I talk cars all the time, a big petrol-haired head like him. And I actually bought a Porsche with uh, one of his guys, one of his, his, his sales guys. And, hey, man, I, I saw his family there. Here's a the deal about Seinfeld that I learned. If you brought your A game and you delivered, you were gold. You were gold. I mean, you, you could do no wrong. They just loved you. If you came in a little, you know, sensitive or trepidatious or if you weren't as funny, like when Jerry said to me, do, do what you did in the office. Mm-hmm. If I couldn't do that, they might not have been as kind to me as they were. I'm just saying, these mm-hmm. are tough taskmasters. And the reason why these guys made so much money, made so much noise was because they were tough taskmasters. And, you know, a lot of actors got their nose bent out of joint because of it, some of them but ones like me who were pushed and were challenged came up with their best stuff. So.
1: Very true. Well said. Um, you know, we were talking about the finale before and you mentioned, you know, when they looked behind and saw all the, you know, they brought so many people back for that. A lot of that I think had to do with the loyalty that Larry David shows to some of, some of these guest stars. And um, I know there's a lot of talk around the finale. How, how secretive was it? Like what, what was your, you know, when they, you know, Larry wrote it and you were obviously, you know, a huge, huge part of it, did they have to kind of vet you or let you know, like, hey, listen, we're doing this thing? I mean, what was yeah. the whole, like, lore behind all of that, the, the, how, how that was shot and everything?
2: Uh, super secretive. Excuse me. Um, I was doing a show called The New Love Boat at the okay. time. And it was a number, like, 99 show in, in the country. I go from the number 999 show to, to guest star on the number one show in the country. Like, it was, it was mind numbing. So I come back from a long trip with the Love Boat crew. We've been on this ocean to shoot exteriors and so forth. I get home and they're like, you're in the final episode. I'm like, what? Yeah, here's the script. You shoot Monday. i like, what? So I read the script. It's intense. Jackie's intense. It scared the hell out of me. Um, I had to give my script back every night. I couldn't take it home. I had to turn it in. Um, my wife brought me to the studio every day. I sat, I laid on the back floor so nobody could see it was me who was in it they couldn't know who was there we there was no ndas you know we just you cannot tell people you're in this uh, so super secretive and we'll know obviously um so yeah it was super secretive and and so i'm doing both jobs at the same time i mean i'm working my my day job on the love boat finish at five hustle to cbs radford they're all sitting there waiting for me i'm there in my i get in my jackie suit and i get out i i get out there and I look back, every way. I do my first line; they roll. Everybody starts rolling. I look back at them and I go, "I missed y'all too." Let's do this. <laughs> and so that was my week was was uh, eight days of double duty, you know, doing wow. Love Boat and then rushing over to do uh, Seinfeld. Wow, mm-hmm. intense,
3: <laughs> unbelievable. So um, I, I still can't get over Larry David pulling the old switcheroo at the last second and giving you the mustache. Still can't Genius. get over that. Genius.
2: Didn't do it all week with
3: it. Not all week. Nope. So, I mean, was there anything... I'm always curious about all these episodes. Was Were there any scenes that got cut that you thought were really funny that never made it, or any kind of interactions you had with any other characters over the you know, the five-episode run? All my stuff was there. That's it. <laughs> all my stuff was in, baby. All the stuff yeah, can I can I? Can I assume your favorite uh, scene in the finale was with (laughs) Citra? (laughs) That was my
2: first day on the finale. That was the first day. Um, I got there. I'm in the suits. I'm in the glasses. I'm ready to shoot something else. And Larry goes, no, we're shooting the bed scene first. Oh, by the (laughs) way, this is is Terry Hatcher. I was like, nice to meet you, Terry. And that was my first first scene was naked in bed with Terry Hatcher.
1: What (laughs) what was your favorite? I don't know if you probably don't. I mean, it's been a long time, obviously, but we were talking about earlier that you know lewd vivacious salacious <laughs> outrageous egregious preposterous, preposterous yeah. yeah shallow well, what was your favorite of those a lot of those of the words triplets?
2: yeah the trip um probably outrageous egregious preposterous
1: it seems, it seems to get a lot a lot of the play on, on the a lot of, tab, a lot of traction. Like a lot of yeah, traction yeah. yeah
2: yeah and they were real and they were spectacular that's always a good one but that's not the three but uh and then you, you people have nicknames for everybody yeah, <laughs> I love Jackie's lines, man. That stuff is.
3: Yeah, I mean, in the finale, they all came out.
1: I think. I have to imagine that was incredible. The finale, so good.
3: And what's cool with the finale is you got to work with you know Lane and Jerry and George versus. I mean, you and Kramer obviously had a great rapport, but, um, I loved kind of your little flirt, flirt- flirtation with uh, Elaine and. Mm-hmm you know, just telling Jerry what to do. Like it was, you just had like a firm hand on, on the
2: whole situation. Once again, if you look at the universe, right? If you look at the universe of Seinfeld, right? They all held their places. And then there's Jackie, who is a superstar beyond all of them. You know, Jerry was just a middling comedian as far as Jackie was concerned. Jackie was the man. So whenever Jackie came in, of course he had to hold court. Of course he he owned the place. And, and uh, I think that was refreshing for the audience. I think it was refreshing for the creators. To have somebody come in there and take stage and like hold his own with with all those crazy people i remember being with jerry one time and, and we're just in between scenes or in rehearsal or something i'm like so are you having a good time and he goes yeah man he, and he looks at, at um at um, michael and he looks at, at julia and he looks at jason and he goes look what i got around me you know i got i got horses here you know i, I don't have to do anything phil <laughs> you know I got, right. all i gotta do is get the lines out get the words out." So he knew what was going on. And I think that the casting people knew and they delivered and they delivered people that could stand in that inferno. And if you couldn't stand in it, you got to, your feelings hurt.
3: Right.
1: Um, yeah. I mean, you definitely, you, 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 had the, you had the presence and the aura and it was, it's interesting. Cause you really, it really won every case for Kramer, except he botched it every single time. I mean, you're about to get what you were going to get, and then he, of course, botches it every single time. But, um, you know, like you said, you you commanded the scene in every scene you were in. I mean, even uh, even that Friars Club when it's just you know it's uh, Kramer's girlfriend calling you up, and you're just like, that's it. I mean, I'm assuming that was another one of those they let you know like that week that you had that 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 part. Was it kind of just like that's it? We got we got this thing yeah. for you
2: to come and shoot it. We got one line for you to say, come on in, we'll pay for you know the whole show, but just come in and nail the line. And I came in like Cosmo Kramer, I don't want nothing to do with him. I'll never <laughs> get it. And I, I might have done it twice. They were like, Okay, right. Phil, thanks a lot. See you later. Here's your check.
1: Residuals too, right? <laughs> yeah, it's
3: good. So, Phil, when they when they first came to you, whoever your agent or Larry David and it kind of laid out who Jackie was, like th- they specifically mentioned Johnny Cochran? Yeah, it was in the breakdown so and I'm just curious you knew Johnny was, was he okay with this character he was he had sign they-,
2: off. He, they actually have a letter where he signed off like really yeah okay. wow I didn't know yeah, that. so he had no comeback you know I mean I did the uh, I did the episodes they were great I ran into him at the barbershop once he thought it was great then I did a series of Honda commercials directed by the Cohen brothers and uh, um, then I did a diet doctor pet diet doctor Pepper um, campaign. And then I got a letter from his people. (laughs) Cease and desist. And I was like, no. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, they have a letter in in, uh, Glenn Padnick's office, who was a Castle Rock guy. And uh, it's there with all the other quotes from the executives saying this show was terrible and they're going to cancel it after the Seinfeld Chronicles. Um, But, yeah, no, he he already signed off, so there's nothing he could do.
1: Interesting. That's mm-hmm. uh, that's good stuff. I mean, it, it that that OJ child, I mean, they they did a few of those episodes even prior where they did the thing with Genderson and and Kramer and the whole uh, truck chase. And then they obviously, I mean, it took over. It, it was huge at the time. Yeah. Um. And uh, you know the 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 Caddy episode really brought it all together with the you know it, it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel Elle like Ellen love Sue Ellen Mishke. I mean, the whole thing. Um. It really it it it's sort of we, we we talked to a, a recent guest of ours who wrote a book about the 90s and uh you know seinfeld and the oj trial are two of the hugest things you know about the 90s and you pretty right. much you know bridge those two gaps
2: yeah, we melded them we <laughs> I melded the you, 2
1: you're like you know it's iconic i mean at this point you must uh you must still be getting recognized as Jack oh constantly Galloway, constantly
2: imagine. i do um I do these things called cameos. I don't know if you know them. They're, they're this, you know, invite your celebrity or athlete or whoever to, to give a greeting. And 90, 90% of mine are Jackie's. And I do the whole Jackie bit. I put on the mustache and the glasses and the suit and then t- everything. And I do, I do a little, and I can do, you know, personal stuff and intimacy. I can't do corporate things and I can't do anything commercialized, but I can, I can directly one-on-one to people and they love it.
3: Oh, you're not allowed to do uh like Jackie at corporate events or make money mm, not unless it goes
2: through Castle Rock.
3: Yeah. Well, you know, what? like I don't know. It's 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 great that you embraced it. Like we have talked to a lot of guests where it, it feels like they got pigeonholed in as as a certain character in Seinfeld that it kind of believe it or not hurt their career in some ways, but mm. you got the right attitude, man. I mean, Jackie's just a free-loving spirit and you got to love him, you know?
2: Yeah, I, and I do and I really appreciate that. You know, we're actors, we're performers, so if there's something like this that gives people um, a recognition factor, I mean, I embrace it. And, uh, you know, I'm good enough to do other stuff that people remember me for, and, and I rely on that. And um, I'm not going to hate on something that brought me so much notoriety and so much joy and so much sure. fame it's uh, it's it's counterintuitive for me. So I really appreciate Jerry and Larry and Andy Ackerman and Greg Cavett and all the people who wrote on that show and all the producers and even the network executives. I mean, they were, it was like, it was a party. The Seinfeld show was a party. And whenever uh, the president of the network, whether it was Warren Littlefield or whoever, Brandon Tartikoff at the time, they would be at the table read. Not mm. an assistant, not a vice, the president of the freaking network would be there. And they wow. would be at the run-through. I mean, this was their jewel in the crown, and they felt honored to be there. It was a show, man, and they had a live band, which is rare right. for the studio audience. I mean, this was a brilliant, beautiful experience, and I'll never denigrate it ever.
1: Amazing, yeah. I mean, another another fandom that you were part of the, the Star Trek. You know, Star Trek Three. Uh, which they bring up star Trek in uh, in a Seinfeld episode where you know uh, Kramer mentions the rat the com, but I would imagine that fandom is pretty uh pretty intense too as well the uh, oh, yeah. that Star Trek fan base has got to be up there with with Seinfeld as far as uh dedicated and and really uh you know. Right. Knowing the characters and things like that.
2: Well, they probably eclipse it. I mean, it's a nerdgasm when it comes to Star Trek. And, <laughs> you know, they they can quote every episode, chapter, and verse. And, you know, they're the ones who really started the convention thing. Right. Uh, the Star Trek fans. They were that rabid. Um, so, and they started it much sooner than, or much earlier than the Seinfeld crew came around. So, I think, you know, I do a lot of Star Trek conventions or had in the past. I don't do many Seinfeld conventions. <laughs> you know what I
1: mean we'll get one going soon
2: whenever
3: well yeah you you know you got crazy Star Trek fans crazy Seinfeld fans and, and so you know this Packers fan you know after a tough uh, tough couple weeks but uh, we know Packers fan yeah
2: that's a rough one yeah,
3: yeah that was, that was really rough, rough but you know hey that's
2: not sport. <laughs> <That's rough, laughs>
3: sports yeah. how do you become a Packer how do you how do you become a Packer fan
2: well, so my dad was a, a college friend of a guy named Bob Jeter, number 21. He was in the defensive backfield in the 60s. My dad was a star of Mission Impossible at the time, and they would play the Los Angeles Rams every year as the first game of the season. I mean, that was my Uncle Bobby. He the first professional athlete I ever knew. And he was, a part, he was a member of the world champion Green Bay Packers. So I met, you name him, Bart Starr, Ray Nitschke, Carol Dale, Bart, you know, but, um, Vince Lombardi, everybody I met them, and um, so they become my favorite team forever up or down, live or die, flip or fly. I am a fan, so yeah, it hurt deeply. Um, but we go on,
3: amen to that. Well, I mean, you just talking about that kind of shows how loyal you are, and you just sound like you, you sound like an incredibly loyal guy, and obviously, you're loyal to your character, Jackie Childs, who we love. One of our thank favorites you. of all time. So uh, we, can't, we can't thank you enough for joining us tonight. And um looking forward to seeing you down the road.
2: Anytime, guys. I really appreciated this. And, and hey, Phil. Love to Seinfeld. Yes.
3: And Phil, before you go, let's do, let's do a little. Can you give me a little. Hey, Susie. You know, make sure you listen well, to this podcast. It's making me thirsty. Yeah. Do
2: you want to be recording right now, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course we're recording. Susie. Uh, make sure that this podcast Making Me Thursday is on my list, my Rolodex, my Pod if you know what I'm saying. And I need to get to Corfu soon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you, Phil. This was great. My pleasure, I really appreciate guys. it. This was
2: awesome. Enjoy, guys. Take Thank care. Good so luck. Much. Thank
1: appreciate you so much.
3: Appreciate it, guys. For everything.
2: Great.